Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Afternoon, at the tone, Pacific Daylight Time will be... It's 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. One step closer to my own personal hell. This is Primetime on Sports Radio 1080 The Fan. We expect the best. We're not afraid to break someone. Do you hear me? Primetime is your source for the best in local, regional, and national sports. Go ahead and clap. Mediocrity deserves applause. Isaac Roth. I'm miserable. I had to get up at 10 o'clock this morning. Jason Sikanik. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Primetime on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back to our show. It is Isaac. That's me. Big Souk right over there. And Crazy Eyes McGinley is here, although he doesn't really talk on the air, but... He's, He's uh, here. very famous. Yes. He's the reason we are on the air. We are out here at a a Sportsbook and Casino, which is a beautiful place out here in Richfield. If you have not been and you like to uh, occasionally dabble in sports betting, if you have the DraftKings app in Oregon or if you're in Washington. Well, Washington has DraftKings too, but you can't. Washington doesn't have DraftKings, does it? I don't think so. Yeah, so you have to. So if you're you live in Washington, I have to go over. You into have to Oregon. go to Oregon. Yeah. Yes. So so if you're a sports better in Washington, this is the place to bet. Yes. Or if you're in Oregon, you can come up here. You can bet on college sports. You can bet on anything. Yes, it's very cool, and uh, we've actually got a lot of people out here tonight getting ready to watch uh, Monday Night Football, Niners, Cardinals. Uh, some guys uh, dressed as a referee doing. Um, Trivia. <laughs> and he just asked, do you know the trivia question that he asked? I do not. You didn't it's, hear that? It's getting kind of crazy it's in getting here, wild. man. It's, it's, it's getting it's, wild. It's picking up. He asked, what was the what was our start date together, you and uh, I? Oh. Yeah. Very obscure question. Oh, gosh. Question. I don't know that. But somebody won. Really? We've talked about it before. Yeah, you should well, know that. I figured like this is a former Mike in Ridgefield sort of question. That's right. the sort he of thing that he would know. He's yeah, like if, our show historian. If you're a true P1, you would know this. And Ryan Huddleston knew it, and he just won the A&A. Uh, what is that thing? I don't know. I think it's a. It's like the, a thermos. I was going to say, is it a bottle of booze? Type I, thing. <laughs> I don't know what he won. Anyway, uh, this place is great. Uh, we've already interviewed the sportsbook uh, director, Hugh, who is great. Well, tell our listeners, be... what's the answer? How, what's the date? Oh, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah can you tell me? September 25th, 2005. Really? Yes, and the reason we've talked about that before is our anniversary is the, that's that's when we signed on the dotted line together. Yes. Um, that's the same as my and my wife's anniversary. Yes. You have a work anniversary on the a, same on the same date, date. Hmm. which is crazy. We know which one's more important. Uh, yes, <laughs> definitely you. So anyway, uh, kind of cool. This place is great. Um, we really appreciate them having us out. Um, coming up, we'll talk about who USC may play in the Pac-12 title game. That is a very uh, dicey because USC answer. is locked in at this point, and then the other half it's uh, it's up in the air. 
Yes. Um, I am workshopping a sports theory. Okay. And because, well, I don't, darn it, I don't have time for it right now. Let's get to it next. The, something just happened, a breaking sports story. Yeah, it looks like it here. That is playing right into my sports theory that I was going to bring up as a workshop. Dude. I think this is a real thing, okay. and there are other teams that it applies to in college football. We will get to that in our next segment, but right now, uh, let's get to the Hot 5 at 5. Hot Topics, Hot Opinions. Oh, golly, I'm hot today. And Hot Air. It's time for the Hot 5 at 5. That's hot. The Hot 5 at 5 on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. No, I mean it. That's very hot. The Hot 5 at 5 with Isaac and Sue on 1080 The Fan. Number five. Uh, Monday, MASH unit, Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker is done for the season. He tore his ACL in the loss to South Carolina. That stinks. You know, the young man was having a special year, and for a lot of people, he had moved up to, like, number three to number five on their draft boards for quarterbacks, and now the ACL tear, and, you know, and then your season kind of goes down the drain. You're getting blown up by South Carolina, so you feel for him. By all accounts, a really, really good young man. Uh, Justin Fields, uh, Bears quarterback, they say is day-to-day. He looked awful uh, hurt yeah. in that game against Atlanta. Yeah, yeah the, the shoulder that went. And, and look, this is kind of – his ability to run has made him a different quarterback, but this has always been the, the bugaboo with running quarterbacks is when you take those extra hits and you're falling and people are on top of you, all it takes is one of those, and now all of a sudden you're banged up and availability is a big deal. Uh, Kyle Pitts, Falcons uh, tight end. Yeah. Uh, torn MCL, he's been placed on IR. Surgery is likely for him. It's all right. They're not throwing the ball to him anyways. Yeah, that's kind of a weird Well, that whole Mariota thing, that's it's kind of come and gone. Although they're in the playoff mix, but Number four. The, the shine has come off of, has come off of Marcus after their, uh, so, uh, Denver, their start. Denver cut Melvin Gordon today. He can't hold on to the football. It was his fifth fumble on the season, so they cut him. Twelve since he's been there. Uh, Niners can tie the Seahawks atop the NFC West with a win in Mexico City tonight against the host Cardinals. No Kyler Murray for Arizona, so it'll be Colt McCoy. That one's about ready to get underway. And a great place to watch it is right here with us. Yeah, get up here. And you can live bet it. Come on, let's go. Um, Strained cap for Damian Lillard. He will be out one to two weeks. Yeah, this is a little scary in that this is the same calf, and now they're saying this is a deeper muscle in the calf, one to two weeks. It's just kind of one of those things that like, you, you don't think much about it. I know they're playing it safe, but we think calf, you think of Achilles. So let's just hope that they give him as much time as possible and that this doesn't become a reoccurring thing because if that turns into a season-long thing, your season's in a lot of trouble. Blazers have lost three of four. They are in Milwaukee tonight, just about to get underway. That's a tough four-game stretch coming up. Uh, the United States is underway at the World Cup, and apparently Internet is pissed about this because they tied Wales 1-1. Yes, and apparently, uh, due to my excellent soccer eye, they should not have given up the equalizer after being up one nothing because they were dominating the pace of play against Wales. Yeah, I love how I all of a sudden everyone's a soccer expert now because they watched one World I, Cup. I guess. Uh, I don't know. Look, they tied Wales. I don't know if that's good or bad. I know that England smoked Iran. Yes. Six, or, yeah, six Iran, to two, I think. Six to two. Well, England is a much better team than we are. Yeah. I think England has the third or fourth best odds. 
A uh, couple things out of there. The riot police have already shown up, though, because of rowdy fans. Uh, They're no, not drunk. No one's showing up at games. There's empty seats everywhere, and a reporter was again not drunk. And a reporter was denied entry into the game for about 60 minutes because he was wearing a T-shirt with a rainbow on it. Oh wow! You're not allowed to, not allowed to have anything supporting uh, LGBT. Jeez, man. Brutal. And a couple of the teams. Uh, Went away from the idea they were wear they were going to wear armbands with a rainbow logo that said like one love, and they have decided to not do that. Portland has landed the women's NCAA Final Four. This is really cool. Now it's in 2030, so yep. it's a ways off. Yeah, but we we're not going to get the Final Four for the men. Uh, we don't have a stadium big enough to hold it. You know they hold those in the in the big uh, you know 60,000 seat arenas, but. Here locally, we love to support these sorts of things. We're great as far as women's sports go. And I just think this is an awesome, awesome event for the city of Portland. And, and I can't wait. I wish it was well, sooner. I do feel like you're right. The men's Portland may be not the best fit. Yeah. Obviously. It won't get it. You're right. No. But for the women's Final Four, I think this is a great fit. Awesome. We're going to pack that place. It's going to be rowdy. We love to support women's sports. Look at the great programs at Oregon, Oregon State, the UP women's soccer team, the way we support the Thorns. And by the way, the University of Portland will be the host for that. And number one is uh, some late breaking news out of college football. And this is not official because it has not been announced by Auburn. But the word is Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin is stepping down as the Rebels coach this Friday and will head to Auburn to become the Tigers next head football How coach. about that? Now, this was being kicked around for the last week to ten days. And, and, and I don't, like I said, we'll find out when this becomes official, but some of the numbers that they were throwing around were, money. were, were Jimbo Fisher type money Yeah, that, that Auburn was, was talking about. So, I mean, look, I, I think Lane Kiffin's a hell of a coach. Is Lane Kiffin worth 11 or 12 million bucks that they were talking about? I don't know, but apparently Auburn is willing to go all in on this one. Well, I think that's a hell of a hire. Yeah. He's a good coach. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, when he starts to get into the $100 million range, I mean, how many guys are truly worth that? Maybe yeah. one, maybe two. Well, and, and people, but that's and, the going rate these days. And people asking why Lane would be willing to do this. As good as Old Miss is, Old Miss doesn't have the resources that Auburn that's has, right. plain and simple. And especially with the collective. Remember, Lane was the guy that was coming out that was basically saying, you know, woe is me at Old Miss. You know, we need to do something here because we don't have the money to we don't have the money to compete with some of these big boys. And that goes back to the Jimbo Fisher, the Texas A&M thing. You know, there was this idea that collectives would have to raise a couple million bucks in order to each year to, to buy these recruiting classes. And now some people are saying that that could be in the 20, 25 million year, or, or 20 to 25 million a year that you need to compete with some of those big boys. And it just doesn't sound like Old Miss had the resources to do it. And maybe Auburn is willing to, to jump into that deep end. Uh, there's your hot five and five. Okay, so based on that news, I was workshopping a sports theory that I was going to bring to you today. But boy, does this. This news with Lane Kiffin just lends credence to what I was thinking. Yeah. And I'll, I'll spit that out uh, when we get back. And then we'll get into uh, – I do have the scenarios here, and it's a bit convoluted, but I think it's hilarious. Who will USC play in the Pac-12 title game? The definitive answer. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So in my note, in my notes today, uh, ALNA Sportsbook, that's where we set up shop. And the game is underway. Niners, Cardinals in Mexico City, and it is raining. Yeah, it looks like a torrential downpour there. <sighs> my man here has, uh, he came out to to see the show. He has a great bet. I think it's a lock, as I told him. Of course. He has got the Niners, the under, and Debo Samuel anytime tutty. <laughs> I don't think it can miss. That's his parlay? Um, okay, so I was I, I put this in my notes to come and talk to you about today for a segment, because I was thinking about this over the weekend as I watched college football, and sure enough, one of them happens today. And that is, it sounds like Lane Kiffin is headed to Auburn to be the next head coach there, leaving Ole Miss. Yeah, there's a local reporter there, and he's the only one that has it so far. But he's the same guy that had the news that the AD from Michigan State was, or was it Mississippi State? Uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi State, yeah. as, as SMU. Was going to Auburn. That was going to Auburn. And so you're now getting, like, CBS Sports retweeted it. So apparently this guy's pretty dialed in, and so, there you go. And, and this isn't like, oh, this isn't like, any sort of uh, genius thought or anything, but as I watch college football over the last handful of weeks, I've noticed some schools that have gone into the toilet. Yeah. And I've looked at each one of them and gone, my God, each one of them has a coach who is coveted by other schools, and there are a lot of openings this year. Yeah. George Tech's open, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Auburn. Um, what am I missing? Arizona State. Oh, yeah. There are others. Which, by the way, Dillingham is vaulted to that. Yeah. They're saying that he's the, the odds-on favorite now. So coaches who are leaving for other jobs, it seems to me, have teams in the toilet 
after strong starts. Huh. So I, I Ole Miss, honestly, I hadn't, th- I hadn't thought about that. Well, here, I'll, I'll list it for you. Ole Miss has lost three of four games. Okay. They after being al- a top 10 team. Yes, exactly. They almost lost to Texas A&M, and they just got blown out in their last game by Arkansas. Sure enough, we find out today it's possible, not confirmed, but possible that uh, Lane Kiffin is leaving. Yeah. Um, I hate to say this, but Kansas has lost five of six. And they just got absolutely housed by Texas. Did you see the final score of that game? Yeah, it was like 50-something. 55 to 14. Yeah. Again, they started, I want to say, 5-1. and Interesting. Maybe Lance Leipold is uh, is on his way out. There was some talk that maybe he could be the next Nebraska guy. Yeah, see, that's where I would – actually, I would peg him more – Towards Wisconsin, Wisconsin because he used to coach at Wisconsin Whitewater. Oh, yeah. Okay, Oklahoma State. I don't know if you've watched Oklahoma State. All of a sudden, they are a completely different team. Yes. They have lost three of four. Also, once a top 10 team. Yep, and they got their quarterback back this past weekend, and they no showed against their arch rival, Oklahoma, Bedlam. I mean, that is a huge game down there, and right. they were down 28 to nothing in the first quarter. Mike Gundy, my theory, perhaps Nebraska? Hmm. <laughs> If, if Lane Kiffin is going to Auburn, and Ole Miss is in the toilet, Leipold, maybe Wisconsin, Lane Kiffin, or I mean, uh, uh, Gundy, Nebraska, and there's another one. Have you noticed what happened to Liberty? Yeah, Liberty after, you know, crushing. Like, Liberty at one point was, was on par to be the, the best non-group yes. of five, and, and Liberty fell apart. They have now lost two in a row, and they lost this last week to Virginia Tech, who is three and eight. And Hugh, Hugh Freeze. Is he going to Nebraska? Is he going to Arizona State? Is he going to Wisconsin? I'm intrigued. So I, I don't know. I, like I said, it's not some like, yeah. you know, groundbreaking theory. But all of those teams are in the toilet. And sure enough, we find out today one of their coaches is leaving. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you see this all the time where. Well, the, look at the Ducks. Yeah. Last year with Cristobal. With Cristobal. You see this all the time. Behind that, that, the scenes. Yeah, you just get a vibe. that, that Yes. Because it, it, when, when you get a coach that is rumored to go somewhere and and people around the building know that there's teeth to that rumor everyone starts looking for their own right th- to cover their own ass well and don't you think in the in the case of Cristobal or maybe Lane Kiffin you think it's hard to keep like if that's really happening you know the players know the players know. the players know coaches know the coaches know. The, the coach know again this goes back to you got to you basically have to start covering your own ass. You have to start thinking about, okay, if if, if this is true, am I going to be someone that's that's going with the coach? And if I don't think I'm going to be with the coach, then i got to start thinking about where my next job is. This goes back, there was an article in The Athletic about, uh, who was the, the Michigan guy? Um, Biff. Biff Pogey. Biff Pogey. There was an article in The Athletic maybe a week or two ago about how when he came to Michigan, one of the things was Michigan was splintered. There were like six different factions amongst the coaching staff. And Biff was the guy that kind of brought them all together. And so there's this idea that there's always this unity at these programs, and it's just not the case. And so when you do get one of these things that pops up and there is some teeth to your coach leaving, yeah, I can totally see where that splintering begins to happen, and that has a trickle-down effect. Winning in college football is so hard. And, 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 and that's when you're all pulling in the, in the same direction. When you start getting cracks in that foundation, absolutely I can see where that, that pulls the team apart. Now, two of those schools, Oklahoma State and Kansas, lost their starting quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking to debunk the theory, 
you know, they did have some quarterback issues. Sure. But, like I said, Oklahoma State's guy and Kansas' guy, by the way, were both back this week, yeah. and they both got housed. Yeah, total no-shows. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything to that, but um, <laughs> well, I think it's the, something to keep an eye on in future years, too. Yeah. I mean, and, and it goes to one of those things where if you're looking for... A like gambling a, angle? A gambling angle, right? That's it right there. Finding a coach that's that's maybe, you know, one foot out Sniffing the door. around. I got a buddy of mine who swears by this, swears by it, and he's fairly well connected. The Green Bay Packers, when they lost the second of the back-to-back Super Bowls, right when they lost to the Denver Broncos, do you remember what happened right after that Super Bowl? Do you remember what happened to their head coach? Mike Holmgren, by the way. Oh. Signed the biggest deal in went NFL to the Seahawks? went to the Seahawks. And if, oh. and if you think for one second that he didn't have one foot out the door during that Super Bowl, you're yeah. fooling yourself. Right. And he swears. He, he knows a lot of people. He was involved in the sports team back in Wisconsin. And he swears up and down that you wouldn't think it, but, you know, the Super Bowl, it was not the most important thing. And, and you can tell yourself that it is the most important thing and you're going to be you're focused in. But when you've got your eye somewhere else, again, when you're talking about winning – Something like that. It's so hard to do. That I buy it. Any sort of uh, loss in focus. You see this in college football when, when a team goes and plays a bowl game or goes and plays in a national championship and one of their assistant coaches leaves to go take another head coaching job. Now, last year, Lanning was able to stay focused at Georgia, but a lot of times the head well, coach. But he was a coordinator. Though. He was a coordinator, but a lot of times the coaches will even cut that coordinator loose and just be like, you know yeah. what? You've got other stuff on your mind, and I need us all pulling in the same direction 100% on this. Didn't Kiffin take... Kiffin left. He, I thought he stayed for the... No. He didn't. He left. Are you sure? Yeah, Sark was the national was the coordinator of the national title, okay. and they lost. Yeah, you're right. Because he, he bailed, and everybody think, said it's because he couldn't stand saving. I think Kiffin won one, and then the next year, they, it was one of the years they lost to Clemson. But he left, and a lot of people do blame you know that sort of uh, breakup there for, for Alabama losing in the national title game. But it is... I don't. It's a know, thing. I don't know if this is you know each one of these ends up with a guy leaving, but I totally buy into the idea that a coordinator or a head coach that's already looking for a better deal down the road that that 100% trickles down to staff, players, everything, and it can completely infect a team. Yeah, and the like, crystal ball one is a great example it, of it last that year. That is a great example. I, I'm a Kansas fan, and I as much as I want to say that I think they can keep Lance Leipold, who's 50. I think he's 58 years old. So he's a little older. Yeah. As much as I want to say they can keep him, yeah. I'm just looking at the team going, mm, something's up. Yeah. Because they're just not the same. They're, yeah. they're terrible now. Yeah. And they were really good earlier. They were, they, the and they were all playing, like you said, with a little bit of chutzpah and a little bit of fire. Yeah. And, you know, I've been on enough teams where, you know, and sometimes it's an unspoken thing. Other time guys are talking about in the locker room. But when you start again, I just say cracks in the foundation. When you start to see those little cracks that show up, whether you want to admit it as a player, it can have an effect on your day-to-day performance because yeah. winning at the highest level is just really hard to do. And, you know, even if it's a 5%, you know, decrease somewhere, 5% is the difference a lot of times between winning and losing these these sorts of close games. All right, who will USC play in the Pac-12 title game? Uh, we will give you the definitive answer coming up next. We're at a Sportsbook. It is 530. Here's Buck with Sports Center. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Yes, we are at a Lene Sportsbook, where it's getting to be a, a packed house Yeah, for Monday Night Football, Niners, Cardinals. Blazers as well coming up here in just a bit, right? Uh, they're on right now. I'm surprised they don't have that on. Oh, oh there it is. It's down there. Oh, oh there it is. Uh, no, that's the Bulls. They don't have that on. Look at that. The Come Blazers, on. not a hot item here in southwest Washington, in Ridgefield. But um, <clears throat> we're out here partying with the show. We'll have the club coming up. Uh, a couple things. Yellowstone returns to record ratings, and uh, this is a bit of a shocker, but the anti-woke bank is shutting down. <laughs> what? Stunning. <laughs> when I, whenever I watch Yellowstone, which, by the way, can I say three episodes in? Eh. I know, dude. Boy, it's, That show. It is. Uh, it's so dramatic. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's struggling right now. I, my favorite part of Yellowstone right now is all the ads. Yeah. There has never been a more targeted audience, Sylvester Stallone ads, for your for your advertisers than you have in Yellowstone. If you ever want to like, if you ever want like the most big oh. bald American yeah. like oh, yeah. ads, yeah. watch Yellowstone. Yeah, it is. It, you will get nothing but like Western gear, trucks. It's just everything is is uber uber man. I thought you meant that Sylvester. I don't know what show Sylvester Stallone is doing, but he's got a new show. Oh yeah, Tulsa King or oh, whatever. Oh my God, they cannot stop advertising that show. Well, that's there. the same guy that that uh, Taylor I, I or get Tyler it, Sheridan or whatever. Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan. Good grief. No, just what, I will not watch just because it is being rammed down my throat. Just every time that it goes to commercial, just watch. You will get a little more American and a little more manly with with every oh, ad hey, that runs on Yellowstone. That's a big audience. <laughs> yes, it is. So who will USC play in the Pac-12 title game? Uh, they are in, no matter what they do against Notre Dame. Yes. Oregon will make it if they beat Oregon State. Simplest way. But that's a little dicey because, of, uh, as we know, Bo Nix is uh, quite hobbled. So the other way Oregon can make it is if Washington State beats Washington. Mm -hmm. If Washington State wins the Apple Cup, Oregon is in. Even if they lose. Correct. Yes. There are two ways Oregon can make it. Okay. Now, uh, Washington makes it if Oregon loses. They win Washington. Mm -hmm. they got to beat Washington State, and they are a favorite to do so, although it's in Pullman. Yeah, I saw this little one, too, because Washington State's actually good this year. They've got a winning record that I think it was since, like, 19, was like 1990. Washington State has gone into the Apple Cup with a winning record eight times. They are 1-7 in seven of those games. Oh, dear. But, you know, for a while there, they had a real Chris Peterson problem with Mike Leach, and so, you know, we'll see. But Washington State has not had a... Uh, 
a, a great run of luck here uh, in these Apple Cups when, when they've had a good year going. So Washington makes it with a win over Washington State, an Oregon loss, and UCLA must lose to Cal. Cal, which is not going to happen. Well, it could. <laughs> I mean, it, it very well could. DCR turns but... it over another 17 times, then it could happen. So if UCLA wins the game against Cal, mm -hmm. the Huskies get to go if Utah loses to Colorado. Which, again, not, not very likely. Not very likely. So what we're, what we're getting at here is that there could be it, – it's not a far-fetched thing yeah. that there is a three-way tie between Oregon, Washington, and Utah. Yeah. Would you like to know? So, or, so if, if you want to know Utah's scenario, it's very specific. They must win. They have to beat Colorado. Mm -hmm. They need Washington to win. They need Oregon to lose, and they need UCLA to win. Which, by the way, all that's, of that—that's that's very plausible. Yes, that I know. There's a lot in there, but all of those things I'm guessing would be would be chalk, right? No, Oregon, Oregon losing would, Oregon be, a minor it would be a minor upset. Because that's only, what, three, three and a half at this point? Um, three Correct. and a half, yeah. yeah. So there could be a three-way tie. If there is a three-way tie, I was reading through this this morning. Mm -hmm. The first tiebreaker, so that would be Oregon, Washington, and Utah, right? Yes. Because Oregon State's already had three conference losses. The first tiebreaker is head-to-head. But Washington and uh, Utah did not play, so we have to skip that one. Okay. The second tiebreaker is win percentage against all common conference opponents. In a stunning turn of events, they are all 5-1. and one. <laughs> The third tiebreaker would be record against next highest common opponents, okay. which are UCLA and, and uh, Oregon State. Stunningly, they are all 1-1. One one. <laughs> so now we're on to the number We are four. on to the fourth tiebreaker. When do we flip a coin? I think that's like eighth or ninth. <laughs> so it's going to end here. The fourth tiebreaker is where it ends. Okay. It's the highest combined win percentage in conference games of conference opponents. That is terribly confusing. But basically what that means is strength of schedule in the Pac-12. Do you know who that favors? No, I have no clue. You wouldn't. Utah. Okay. Regardless of who wins the Arizona-Arizona State game, Utah would go if it gets to the fourth tiebreaker, which it will if they all three tie. So I'm um, under the – so basically you're saying is Utah's opponents – have a better win percentage than the others. Exactly. In they played a tougher conference schedule. Is the way I, I think I'm reading that correctly. They play a tougher conference schedule. So Utah would go. Uh, Oregon would be second, and then Washington would be third in the fourth tiebreaker scenario. Okay. So it's not crazy to think Utah beats Colorado, of course. UCLA beats Cal, of course. Washington beats Washington State, and then <clears throat> Oregon loses the Civil War. Utah's in. Okay. That's what are, you, you're, we're, are you following? We're following. I'm, 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 I'm trying good. to be as clear as possible. Because it, it, it's a little convoluted, but yes. I, 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 I'm trying to take a second and let that Let's absorb. see if Buck is following. <laughs> Buck, are you even paying attention in there, and do you know what I'm saying?
I understand what you're saying. It is tough to follow. If, if I could get like a one pager, like a spreadsheet or something that just had like a flow chart, perhaps that would be helpful. But All I right. think I follow this. Yeah. All right. So Basically, here's a quick... if the scenario that you think is plausible to lead everyone to a tie, then Utah's the one that most benefits. Yes, but you need Oregon State to beat Oregon. And right. That's yeah, the one in, upset. Yeah. In the scenario that you laid out. So there you go. All right. So clear as mud. Clear as mud. USC could play any of the three. Most likely, it's Oregon. Oregon. Oregon next, wins. USC, Oregon. And, and I think, you know. Next is Utah, though. Yes. And if you're, you know, I get it if you're a Beaver fan. That's obviously not the one you're hoping for. But from a national standpoint, Oregon and USC oh, in the title game, which dude. a lot of people thought at the start of the year, two top ten teams. Healthy with, Bo Nix. Yeah. I can't. That game, that's the game I want to see. And and you got USC playing for a shot at, at a national championship. You got Oregon playing for a shot at the Rose Bowl. That would be a huge, huge game. And for Oregon State, you know they'd love nothing oh. more than to stick it right where the sun don't shine for the Ducks. That's what I was about and, to say. And ruin their, ruin their season. I feel like, I feel like, boy, this is a really tough spot for Oregon. Yeah. And, and I'm just looking at it through a lens of you've got a rival team, Oregon State, who really feels like they should be in this conversation and probably should. I mean, they yeah. lost they lost to USC by – I mean, if uh, Chance Nolan throws two less picks, they beat USC. Yep. Right? Um, and then they barely lost to Washington. They lost by three points. So they, yep. a combined six points. They're right there. So they feel like they should be right there. They're at home. They're already going to a bowl nothing game. Nothing to lose. They're playing nothing to lose. They know they can uh, knock their rival out of the Pac-12 title race. Yep. That is a danger it's spot gonna be, for it's, Oregon. It's going to be a great game. And Oregon State's playing really good football. Yeah. They have a good defense. And from what I've seen of Oregon, well, what we've all seen of Oregon's offense with Bo Nix struggling the way he has, it's not the same. Oregon State is going to be able to slow them down. They yes. need Bo Nix. And remember that Oregon State to be if, able to run the football. If Oregon State gets healthy, and you know they were without their you know two DBs uh, in, in, in that one last week, and it didn't really matter against Arizona State. We talked about this that you know the, the teams that can give Oregon problems are the ones that can play man on the outside and then load up to stop the run. And yeah. when healthy, Oregon State can do it. Oregon State absolutely can do it. So, I mean, health of, of both of these football teams is going to be a big deal. Now, just taking uh, taking any sort of fandom out of it, the game that everyone wants to see zero is, is Oregon-USC. That's the one that people want to see. But, you know, I, I, I will have zero problem if Oregon State <laughs> finds a way to, to knock, uh, knock off the Ducks. Because I love when rivalries are actual real rivalries. Well, and what Jonathan Smith is building there at Oregon State, and maybe a little ahead of schedule, I think this would be such a huge boom for their program to be able to knock Oregon off in this game that I wouldn't feel one bit bad. Well, I think what you're teeing up here is a really... I don't know. Does it, does it always feel the same when you go to the Pac-12? If you're an Oregon fan, when you go to the Pac-12 title game, I would imagine it feels different every time. It's the team's different, coach is different, or, or whatever. Yeah. In my estimation, and this is I'm saying this not as an Oregon fan, just as an outside observer, if they, they, they totally blew the Washington game, give Washington credit, but if Oregon does a couple of things differently in that game, they yeah. win. Yeah, Utah feels the same way this last week. You know, and, you feel and like they're you gave in it. the yeah. college football playoff conversation. So it's heartbreaking, yeah. right? To be able to regroup 
If you were with Bo Nix, as banged up as he is, that to me is the key. Because if he can't run, I mean, Utah knew that he couldn't run. Once Utah figured out Bo Nix wasn't going anywhere, Oregon's offense did nothing. Yes. So... If you are able to regroup from that Washington heartbreaker and beat and just grind one out against Utah, then Bo Nix played great throwing the football. You beat a good football team. And then you're able to go on the road and win at Oregon State that all they want to do is knock you off. And that is a good team. Dude, I don't know if they're all equal, but that is one satisfying Pac-12 title uh, um, appearance, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and maybe that maybe that uh, soothes some of the burns off of, of... And then you get the game that you want to see. You SC. want to see them play SC. Yeah. If they win, you know, look, I, yeah. Yeah, you hope you beat them, but... Um, you need Bo Nix healthy to do all of that. But I if they do that without him healthy, that's just amazing. It's a great final week in the Pac-12. It really is. And in the Apple Cup, too, that we got a, a meaningful game up there with Washington, Washington State. I think it's been a really, really good year for the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 finally has achieved a measure of respect here. And the fact that you still have a team in USC potentially in the college football playoff, I just think this has been a very good year for the Pac-12, well, and I hope it finishes off strong. And how about the last weekend? Yeah. Well, you know, everybody was watching USC-UCL. It was yep. the game of the weekend yep. in college football, and then Oregon-Utah. Yep. And now we got USC-Notre Dame. Eyeballs are going to be on that. All right, our college football weekend walnuts will wrap up the rest of college football. When we get back, it is 548. We're at A-Line a Sportsbook and Casino in Ridgefield. It's Isaac and Souk on the fan. All right. Uh, just a few minutes left here in our show before we really goof off at uh, a and uh, Just wrapping up the college football weekend. It's a segment I like to call the college football weekend walnuts. And it was wild. The top four in the playoff rankings. Every one of them was put on upset alert. Yeah, well, and, and you know, Ohio State had a close one, but Michigan and TCU came down to the final play of the game. I mean, who would have thought Michigan and Illinois? Wow. I mean, we thought TCU-Baylor was going to be good, but Baylor gave away that game. I mean, Baylor should have beat them. They sure did. But TCU just— I just, feel like Illinois kind of gave it away, too. Yeah, I mean, but— Got know, very conservative. Boy, you see that all the time. I will never understand— You've got you've got nothing to lose, right? You no one expects you to be in this game. Hallelujah. You've got Michigan on the ropes, and you get a pucker factor. It drives me crazy. And you just hold on, right? And Quorum goes down. Stay aggressive. Their Heisman Trophy running back, he goes down. But give Michigan credit, also to Michigan, right? They were down. Uh, what were they down? Four or five, right? With about four minutes to play, they got stopped. Uh, stopped uh, like the 20, kicked the field kicked goal. The field goal yeah. And there were a lot of people like, oh my gosh, you need to yeah. get the ball. They got the ball back, drove down, got another field goal. Thanks for coming. But I mean, every year that you, and who knows if Michigan beats Ohio State and what happens, but every year where you have a special year, there, there always is one or two of those games where you just find a way to pull it out and, and give Michigan and TCU credit. They both did that yeah. um, in, in nail-biting fashion. The thing about TCU, you just cannot take anything away from them. I, and I know most people are probably watching them going, they're overrated. No. They're going to go to the tournament and they're going to get walloped. Probably. And that may happen. But, man, you've got to give a – dude, this thing is, is so tough to go undefeated in a Power 5 league. And they're doing it. It's yeah. – it's, it's really incredible. Like, yeah. they've been in every single game, it seems like. They're pushed to the brink, and they come up and, and what with I, a way to what win. What I hate is, let's say, let's say they finish this thing off, right? And and they play Georgia, and we, we've seen this before, and we probably know what happens. And then I hate when then we crap on TCU and say they shouldn't have been there. Well, if they're not supposed to be there by going undefeated, yeah. then what the hell are we doing? 
What do you mean you don't deserve? It's, it, that's the best versus deserving conversation. Exactly. And they're certainly deserving. But exactly. Like, if, if, if you're going to say that, then let's just go back to the old days of, of picking our national champion based on what we, we think, right, as opposed to head-to-head. -head. I hate that argument. I get Michigan State got drilled when they made it. I, I get that we've seen this game Washington before. Washington did too. Washington. Right? Although, you know, they, they just couldn't score. Um, their defense held up pretty well against Alabama. But if you go undefeated, you win your conference, yes. And nine times out of ten, maybe Georgia does hammer you. But, you know, on the off chance, you know, these are the games you want to see. And that's why I hope eventually we get to 12. Well, I know we're going to get to 12. I just want it sooner than later so that we, we get rid of this absurd notion that you have to be perfect or that yeah. upsets, you know, can't happen. You, you, at the end of the day, you're still going to get the Georges and Alabama that are going to win the national titles, but maybe an upset or two happens in the early rounds, just like we do in the NCAA basketball tournament, and that'll be enough to, to add a little spice where we don't have to see the same three teams uh, out of the four every single year. Somebody tweeted this, and I don't know who to give credit uh, to for it, but they tweeted, there is still a scenario where we get Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, yeah. and Clemson. <laughs> we do. Yeah. There is still a yeah. scenario where that, that happens. Yeah, because remember, Tennessee losing now, and if you get some chaos there and USC loses again, and yeah. absolutely you could. God. But in, in all likelihood, you know, barring some sort of chaos, it looks right now, right, you, you're going to get the winner of Michigan, Ohio State. You'll get... The winner of the SEC, more than likely Georgia, and then some form of Clemson, TCU, USC. Two of those three seems to be the kind of the general well, idea. Well, I think Clemson, if USC, see, I feel like USC will jump to number five and most definitely control their own fate. Agreed. If they beat Notre Dame and win the Pac-12 championship, they're in. They're in. And TCU also controls its own fate. I don't think Clemson controls its own fate. No, they, they need, need either TCU or... Uh, maybe LSU to win the SEC championship or USC to lose yeah. because they just don't have the strength. Uh, like the ACC is not viewed the same way as those other leagues, well, but then, they are lingering. And then if there is some chaos, do you get the Michigan Ohio State if it's a close game? Because remember, yeah, after Michigan Ohio State this week, <laughs> now the, the other side of the Big Ten has simplified a little bit. Iowa wins against Nebraska. They're in. Oh my God, what? They're in. <laughs> Well, man, we had a five-way tie, but a couple teams lost. All so. Iowa has to do is beat Nebraska, and they're in the Big Ten title game. That offense. Against Ohio State the or winner Michigan. of Ohio State. Or yes. Oh, dear. That is in. Now, if Iowa somehow loses the Nebraska. Is the spread 30? <laughs> Iowa can't score 30, so no. <laughs> well, that would mean the spread would be 30. Well, they could hold. So maybe the spread's like 22 and a half. Yeah, Iowa, Nebraska. It's Oh, my. And so no, it, no, I'm saying Iowa oh. against Ohio State. Or oh, yeah, Michigan. that that spread will be 20. It'll be 28 and a, yeah, at 20. least. It'll, it'll be huge. Remember, Ohio State played them earlier, and I think, they, Iowa. I think they beat them like 42 to like 13. So if, <laughs> if Iowa loses the Nebraska, then Purdue controls their own fate, and all Purdue has to do is beat Michigan State, and they're in. Now, on the offhand that Iowa loses and Purdue loses, then Illinois could jump back in okay. and they could get the cast. But more than likely, <laughs> Iowa or Purdue, <laughs> think about that. Michigan and Ohio State, after they're done playing, their reward will be here's yeah. Iowa or Purdue. Yeah, this is the Big Ten Championship. This is the Big Ten Championship. So who is tougher for the Ohio State-Michigan winner? Is it, it Illinois? It doesn't matter. Purdue? It doesn't. Or Illinois probably would Iowa. be. The, it would probably be Illinois. Illinois is tough. Yes, it would probably be Illinois. 
I mean, they just gave Michigan but all Iowa's they could got, handle. You know, Iowa, no, you know, no, they'll they punt don't. ten times and they'll pin you, and it's tough. And it's like, God, dang it, we turned it over. Your punt return team is going to be exhausted in that football yeah. game. Now we're down six to three, and it's like, ah. So that's the only thing to keep an eye on is that if, if that right. Michigan, if the Michigan Ohio State ends up being an epic one, let's say it's like 31-28 last second field goal. One of those two teams, whoever loses, will be screaming from the rafters that they belong in. And we've seen two SEC teams get in. Yeah. So I, I, well, I, I understand the, if uh, the LSU argument. LSU beats Georgia, they're going to be watch out. Yeah. Now you can all shut up because they're, they're both going. <laughs> that's taking two spots. Uh, by the way, lost in all of this is that Tennessee got housed. Yes. So they're out by South Carolina. I mean, they got. Spencer Rattler. Shillelagh. Yeah. So they're, so Tennessee was sitting there looking pretty good as a one-loss team. Yep. Now their quarterback is done for the season with an ACL injury, and, and they got rolled out. by South Carolina. <laughs> See, this, this is why TCU deserves credit. Yes. Right there. Yes. Is that it is really tough to continue to win every week when the pressure mounts, as Joey Harrington. We talk about this with Joey Harrington all the time. Yep. This is why, also why I think it's really impressive if Oregon, with a hobbled Bo Nix, gets to the Pac-12 title game. Yeah. These are tough teams, Utah and Oregon State. Yeah, they. And this is the time of year where you just you slip up. They they say it all the time in the up in the, the Great Lakes region. They they call it the the Witch of November. That the, the the winds blow off that, and it's not necessarily considered to be the worst time of the year, but it's sneaky. Like you get these storms that come through and more boats sink in November than at any other time because you think you're like, oh, it's 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 not it's that fine. it's not yeah. that bad yet and then we're it picks good. up. Yeah, we're good and we're fine and then TCU man. They call them the they call it the witch of the November and Give I'm telling another. you that is a college football thing. You think you're cruising along, you yeah. think you're fine, and then that storm comes up and it capsizes your ass. This is something I'll, I'll put in my notes to talk about it tomorrow. But give me another team, Power Five team, that has that ended up running the table in its league. Because, like we say, they always stumble. Always. Give me another team that's more shocking that they ran the table in their league than this TCU team. Oh. And I'm not saying that because they're bad. Yeah, just I'm you just didn't saying, see like, it. Dude, they're yeah. winning every week. Yeah. They're pulling it out. Give me another team that compares I'll, to them. I'll have to look at it. You know, the only one that comes to mind, and it's going to be weird because you're not going to view them this way, but think back. It was the year after they won the national championship. And Jameis Winston came back. That Florida State team oh. that got housed oh, yeah, yeah. by Oregon, they were undefeated. And Oregon was ranked ahead of them because I swear there was like, I'll look it up. Yeah. I think there was seven games that they were trailing in the fourth quarter and Florida State came back and found a way to win. Yeah, but that's Florida State. I and know, they, right? And they it's, just won the championship and they've, they've got big-time athletes. Yeah. There's nothing like TCU. No, it is, it is very, very – it's just, the first thing came out is Florida State, and that's what I was saying. is like, that's Florida State. That's not TCU. Do you think it's an indictment on the Big 12 that they're able to do – that they're undefeated sitting here right I now? I think it's a little bit of both. I credit to TCU, credit to Sonny Dykes, but come on. Right? Come on. They're well, not doing this in the SEC. And they're not doing it in the, in the Big Ten, and they're not doing it in the Pac-12. If you, I've seen yeah. TCU play a bunch of times. If TCU had to run through the Pac-12, do we, I, maybe I'm being, well, I maybe I'm the, being biased because I, I, I think know. the Pac-12 is good. I feel like I don't, I feel I don't like, think they're undefeated. To me, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are pretty similar. Yeah. But I think, we, I, I think out here in the Pac-12... I mean, you, you play any of the big boys in the Pac-12, winnable game. Yes. I mean, because none of them have any defense. But to me, if, if you put SC, Oregon, UCLA, Utah, I think every one of those teams wins. wins I, think they, I think they're the Big 12 champ. I don't know if they're undefeated, 
but I think every one of them this year is the Big 12 well, champ. Well, if they all play TCU, is TCU 0-4? <laughs> I don't know if they're 0-4, but they lo- and I'll throw Washington into that mix, too, the way they're playing right now. And well, maybe that's what even, I mean. Maybe, yeah. Is TCU 0-5 <laughs> if they play Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, USC, and UCLA? 3-2, and 2-3. Two, two and and <laughs> Joey Hound, talk about this. We talked to all the Joey Hound yep. the time. This also this is why it's, it, I think it's really impressive if Hobble begin with us gets about Nick. So try to get the pack to These are yeah. teams you tough teams save on Oregon. Yeah, they, this is the end of year. The time you just, where you whip up, you they, they all the time. Say it all uh, up in the Great Lakes in the, the, the region. The, the, they call November Witch of November. That wins the the off that blow off. It's not and necessarily necessary to be considered time of the war, but it's of the year. Sneak get these like you to come through storms or a boat and wink and note sing November. The other time that any you think because you oh like your lights. It's not it's it, it's not it's that fine. bad yet. Yeah. That bad good. And then we're good. Yeah, we're fine. And then we're fine. You man. DC. Um, the, they call it the witch. They call it and after the November. That it tell you college football is they call. Think you're thing. You long your cruise is fine. Yeah. Think you're at storm and then up and storm come capsize. It caps. This is your end. I'll do something notes to put in my tomorrow. Talk about it. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.